0: All right, welcome back to the Sunday Wire. I'm your host, Patrick Henningson. We're streaming out live on ACR, the Alternate Current Radio Network, and also at 21stCenturyWire.com. And may I big, give a big uh, shout-out to the Alternate Current Radio Network? We just hit it—it's its 1 million mark uh, with regards to listens. This is a, a new network. We've been going for about uh, 24 months, uh, more or less, and we hit the million mark. With regards to listeners, uh, on Spreaker.com, which is our main platform. But if you count out the aggregate of, uh, listens on many other platforms, uh, from this show, uh, and also some rebroadcasts, uh, with some of the other shows, um, it exceeds a million. Uh, by orders of magnitude. But on Spreaker, it's great to see the million mark tick over. So congratulations to everybody at Alternate Current Radio Network and also at the Boiler Room, uh, so the other flagship show on that uh, network. So uh, great job, everybody at ACR. And uh, before I introduce our next guest, uh, who's waiting uh, on the line right now, I just want to point readers to a very important story which is up on 21stCenturyWide.com. This is an article uh, written by uh, our best investigative uh, reporter, Sean Helton, uh, who tends to take on very difficult topics uh, with regards to uh, crime, uh, terrorism, false flag terrorism, and also how the media uh, reports it and displays it. Uh, And this is an article about an LAX active shooter. There was an active shooter... Situation: A lot of people might have missed this this week at the LAX uh, International Airport. It turns out that uh, there was no active shooter. This was a drill or this was a false alarm. I think it was a drill, but they, they've classed it as a false alarm. Okay. Now, we called out one of these at Joint Andrews Air Force Base, Joint Base Andrews, uh, which is right outside of Washington, D.C. This is where uh, one of the Air Force uh, One... I think it's the vice president's plane, uh, is parked there. And they went off on this active shooter drill nationwide, CNN, ABC. Everybody ran with it for at least two hours and got everybody in the media and people in the country watching this getting, you know, hyped up and scared. It turns out it was a drill. Of course, uh, before the mainstream media admitted that, we called out that it was a drill before. Definitively. They were saying, well, we don't know what's, what's going on. It looks like an active shooter. So Sean's broken this latest one down in his article. This is up at, uh, at 21st Century Wire. Was it, was it a, a false alarm or was this a psychological operation, um, on the American people to keep everybody completely on the edge of their seats, uh, and waiting for the federal government to come with some new security directive? Uh, that's the question we pose. I think the answer is self-evident after you read the article. Very important article. I want to direct people to This These are very difficult topics, by the way. Um, and you're dealing with a lot of gray areas, uh, with regards to government and the government media complex, let's call it. And, uh, uh, in, in addition to that, there's a, there's a story up about a couple of weeks ago, the UN finally admitted after many years, after five years, of basically being in total denial that it was responsible for introducing, for bringing a cholera epidemic to the island nation of Haiti in the Caribbean, okay, in 2010, brought there and spread by U.N. peacekeepers from Nepal, uh, coincidentally. Killed 10,000 Haitians and counting. Horrible epidemic uh, they finally admitted it, and, and so many people knew this for so long. We talked about this with our our next guest back in June uh, on this show. And many other people wrote about this, made films about it, made news reports about it. And the U.N. has been dragging their feet all this time because the, the, the PR implications of this, um, they probably, it was a good time to talk about it now because you're in the heat of the U.S., uh, the most polarizing U.S. presidential election in modern history, Donald Trump versus Hillary Clinton. Good time to release a lot of your dirt right now. Uh, so the U.N.'s done this, and you read about this story, and it's heartbreaking, uh, but it really shows the level of institutional corruption, uh, and what the U.N. has come to represent, uh, and where the priority seems to be protecting the gravy train of internet, the the international aid industry and the careers and the high paying salaries and the prestige that goes with being in the international NGO complex. This seems to be the priority and not uh how these things and are are affecting people on the ground, taking responsibility and accountability. This brings us to our next guest. There's an article by the way up on 21st Century about the UN uh introducing cholera to haiti our next guest is an author uh, and she's an activist Uh, She's also a biological scientist uh and she's also editor co-editor of news junkie post great website uh she's managing there alongside of her uh colleagues and her name is daddy cherry Uh, she's joining us on the live link right now hello daddy
1: Hi, pleased to be on Sunday Wire again.
0: Yeah, it's great to have you. It's great to have you. And, you know, the, the news has been building up uh, this this scandal regarding the Clinton Foundation this week. And I really thought it was, it was important to talk to you. The, re- the reason I reached out to you, Daddy, this week is because the people have been coming to defend the Clinton Foundation about what great work they've done internationally. And the two things which they cite with regards to the great work they've done to help people is that what a success story Haiti has been. This is what all the, uh, James Carville and all the various Clinton supporters are, are saying, and they're interviewing everybody and Bill and Hillary are having to defend the foundations. Well, we've done so much in Haiti, they said, and it's been such a success story. We've lifted the poor Haitians out of millions out of poverty in Haiti. And, uh, and Chelsea Clinton as well is kind of taking credit for that somewhat uh as well and the other big success story that they boast about is they brought HIV medication to millions of people in poor countries okay these two main these are the two main things that the Clinton Foundation has held up and James Carville even came out he's a former uh, top Clinton aide came out and said uh shamed people for questioning the integrity of the Clinton Foundation and that, uh, had they not done this, that you know, they've saved all these lives and helped all these people and to, to criticize it is immoral, he's basically saying. So I, I thought I, I had to reach out to you, Daddy, because with regards to Haiti, how, I, how I yeah, mean, where, I have, where, where do we start?
1: I have followed the Clintons for years. And I have especially followed followed their doings in Haiti since since the earthquake. And I can tell you that Haiti is in worse shape now than it ever has been, and it is because of the Clintons. Uh, the Clinton Foundation now, with regard to the HIV AIDS, uh, they don't happen to mention that uh, Clinton had gotten in bed with this um, with this guy called Rajat Gupta. Who was who actually has done time for criminal misconduct, and who provided him with adulterated drugs uh, from a company called Renbaxi. And this is this was actually mainstream. This was published in the New York Times. Okay, mm-hmm. um, the the Clinton Foundation. But fundamentally, here here's the deal: the Clinton Foundation spends only about ten percent of its money on charitable grants. Only 10%. It spends as much money on travel. Most of the money is spent on what it's, it calls in-house programs, and they are completely opaque. There are no reports you can find. And uh, now for Haiti, the Clinton Foundation supposed to have gotten $30 million. Nobody knows where that went. And that brings me to the fact that the Clinton Foundation is not the organization that got most of the money that went to Haiti for disaster aid. And I think part of this publicity of this Clinton Foundation is meant to suppress the fact that most of the money that the Clintons collected for disaster aid, they did to another organism that they called the Interim Haiti Reconstruction Commission. And I'll talk about that uh, in a little bit.
0: And Bill Bill Clinton. Clinton, Bill Clinton was the head of that interim Haiti Recovery Commission, wasn't he?
1: Yeah, he was. He was supposedly the co-chair, but in fact, he was the head of that. Okay. But well, just just um, let me just get the Clinton uh, Foundation out of the way, okay? For in 2013, on their taxes, they got 85 million dollars. So they had an item called other expenses, undefined expenses, really, which was 34% of their expenses. 33% went to salary and benefits. As I mentioned before, 10% went to travel, 5% went to rent, 6% to office supplies, and 2% on IT Okay, that adds up to the hundred percent together with the charitable grants. This is how they are spending their money. This is not a charitable organization. This is this is uh, basically a political organization that spends all its money on propaganda and travel. That's what it is. Now, this organization, the Clinton Foundation, has collected about two billion dollars over its lifetime. It started in in 1997, supposedly. For Clinton Library. But since then, it's taken all sorts of liberties. It's done all sorts of initiatives. But the, the initiatives, they're just window dressing. It's not really doing these things at all. But the Clintons aren't the only people that the Clinton Foundation is making money for. Uh, it is also making money for the people who are actually criticizing the Clinton Foundation and kind of making, making cash out of it. So consider, for example, the book Clinton Cash which focuses exclusively on the Clinton Foundation.
0: Yes. Okay.
1: Yes. Yeah, it's by Peter Schweitzer. Yes. It, it was a number one bestseller hardcover in May 2015. It came out in paper back in July. It, there's now a documentary also came out um, in July. And now a graphic novel, which is number one, that came out in August. And the documentary, it turns out, is produced and written. By Stephen Bannon, uh, who who was actually the head of Breitbart News, uh, which is a very very poor Trump outfit, and is now the Trump campaign CEO. So this is all, uh, you know, a, a machine now that's that's for the Trump that's financing the Trump campaign that is also beating on the Clinton Foundation. And to my mind, what this does is it keeps Clinton's in the news. It keeps Trump in the news, but most importantly, it keeps the issues out of the news. Mm-hmm. We' are not talking about climate change. We're not talking about the flood in Louisiana. We're not talking about Israel and BDS. We're no longer talking about education, which was a big issue that Sanders took up, all about poverty on on unemployment. Uh, and most importantly, we're not talking about Haiti and the IHRC. Uh, so now we have the mainstream, you know, sort of like lefty, pseudo lefty mainstream, demanding to shut down the Clinton Foundation. And this is all rather convenient for the Clintons. Now, Po and Washington Post and USA Today, all of these outfits that have traditionally basically whatever the Clintons wanted. Are now calling for the foundation to be shut down. And the way I see this is that, well, you know, we'll keep up the Clinton Foundation story until uh, right up to the elections, and then the foundation will be shut down. Perfect problem solved. The Clintons are clean again, and therefore everybody can vote for the Clintons. Okay, mm-hmm. and nobody will have talked about what the Clintons actually did in Haiti. So, which so, is?
0: Oh, oh, go ahead, go ahead, Daddy.
1: Which is which is extremely serious. Okay, so I and I think the Clinton Foundation is actually their 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 lowest money maker. Okay, um, they also had a for-profit university called Laureate, oh, which yes. has made them a nice a nice pile of money, and then after that. The Haiti, the disaster aid, which is which is where the major, major money has come from.
0: Okay. Um, so just just to underline people- that before before you continue, Daddy. So you're saying that uh, to create to to raise this raise this scandal up, then then close the Clinton Foundation, and with that they can bury uh, a lot of the dirt and the dirty business that have been going exactly. on, especially with regards to Haiti, by, by using the Clinton Foundation as kind of a Cassius bell in the media. Exactly. Okay.
1: Exactly. You cannot find anything, but now if you go to Flickr and you look for pictures of Hillary Clinton and Bill Clinton raising funds at the IHRC, you cannot find them. You, can't find, you, you can find hardly anything on the IHRC anymore. It's dead. It's buried. It's Clinton Foundation, Clinton Foundation, Clinton Foundation.
0: You see, mm. um, I'm I'm gonna add no. I'm gonna add before. Sorry to interrupt you, but you brought up a really important point. I'm gonna I'm gonna demonstrate something to you to everybody, okay? Uh, and people might not believe that what I'm gonna tell you that one of the don- donors to the to the Clinton Foundation, uh, the Scafe uh, and the Mellon Scafe uh, Foundation, okay? Uh, Richard mm-hmm. Mellon Scafe, billionaire. Uh, supposedly, the father of the right has funded this organization, has funded everything from uh, World Net Daily, WND, to um, the uh, Judicial Watch, and uh, mm-hmm. that whole th- that whole crowd, right? And all, a number of yes. other right wing media <laughs> outlets, okay? And Project for a New American Century, the SCAFE Foundation provided seed funding for that. That's a neoconservative uh, organization everyone's familiar with. But he's also. Donated to the Clinton Foundation, or this this family, this or this this organization, okay, is a donor to the Clinton Foundation. They're also backing this things like Clinton Cash, these sort of projects. Yes. So, so what's what what exactly are we looking at here?
1: <laughs> well, yeah. Well, uh, until until Bannon um, became the CEO of the Trump campaign, uh, the Trump campaign was actually run by. Uh, by a guy who was associated with Podesta, and, and the two Podesta brothers, one of them was kind of running the Trump campaign, and another was running the Clinton campaign. Uh, yeah, what we're seeing is that basically, um, basically everybody's getting duped.
0: A controlled this is kind of a controlled theater of sorts, right?
1: Yes, yes, it is. It, it is a controlled theater. Uh, we have Trump. Uh, and and um Mercier, my colleague uh at Le Jean and I, we we have written an article titled Imperial Elections where we discuss this. We discuss the whole thing as a kind of a play in three acts and we have we have Burning Centers as this sort of like uh, occupy leftist and, and Trump as the ugly American and uh and Hillary Clinton as uh as the Diana, the huntress, the pragmatic one who's kind of going to slay the ugly American and, and uh save everybody. <laughs> you see. Yeah. It's 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 all it's all a show. And right. and people have been taken in by
0: this. Mm-hmm. Well that um, this is a good point this is a good so the the ones that releases the so-called uh, email uh, leak uh, uh uh judicial watch being funded by the same group mm-hmm. that's also putting money in the Clinton Foundation Yes. Melonsca- the Melonscape the uh family complex so I, I it kind of speaks for itself daddy um when you've all yes, you the money yeah
1: yes it really does now with with regard to uh with regard to money <laughs> um there's some some very serious stuff going on uh, because if you look at the US presidential elections in 2012 for example it's well known that they cost 2.6 billion dollars obama raised one bi- one billion and romney raised a little bit less than one billion okay and and it's generally assumed that this year's elections are costing at least twice as much. Mm -hmm. And yet, Hillary Clinton, so we're talking 5 to $10 billion that the current elections are supposed to cost, the presidential elections. And yet, Hillary Clinton um, has raised $435 million, so less, less than half of a billion. And Trump has only raised $129 billion on the books.
0: M- million 129 million right
1: One, 129 million sorry yes. as, yeah 129 million so Clinton has raised so 0.4 billion and Trump has raised 0.1 billion okay so we're talking uh, uh, you know much less than where we're supposed to be here right and so so where so we could ask okay Where is all this money coming from? So usually with regard to Haiti Reconstruction, we're asking, where did the money go? Well, now we have the opposite problem. Uh, Where did the money come from? Now, I believe that a lot of this money is coming, for for the Clintons, is coming from Haiti Reconstruction. It's very hard to trace this money. Uh, It's possible that, uh, my guess is that there's probably offshore accounts somewhere where this money is coming from. Um, the thing about elections is you have the the official accounts about the money raised, but there is what is called disbursements, um, which is, for example, if a candidate just takes money out of pocket or if somebody gives a service, um, donates a service, and so it doesn't go into the accounts, you see, so, this is really where all this money is coming from, and there is no real accounting for it but clinton the Clinton campaign is spending money Clinton's spending money like a drunken sailor. Uh, she just committed eighty million dollars just just for TV ads for september october okay. she's already spent about a hundred million dollars on TV ads mm-hmm. trump um hasn't, doesn't formally have any TV ads, but in fact he does because there are organizations that are doing ads for him like the NRA and so on. So it's, this, these elections, I think, are the most opaque elections that the US has had for, for a very long time. Mm -hmm. Uh, But in fact, it's, it's actually no longer possible to, to raise election money from donors uh when you you start talking about 5 to 10 billion dollars uh the biggest donor to the Clinton elections which is the biggest donor to the presidential election is giving just slightly over 10 million dollars okay uh, the biggest individual donor you, you can't raise that kind of money anymore from donors uh the money has to be extracted from taxpayers in one way or another and i think this is where brazil Uh, becomes a valuable lesson. We just finish hearing all about the corruption in Brazil and and the removal of, of Dilma Rousseff. We really have Brazilian judges and federal police to think for insights into how politicians now raise money. In Brazil, you had a state company called Petrobras that was granting construction contracts with the understanding that some of the money from these construction contracts would be skimmed off and given to politicians for their campaigns. Hmm. It was it was a setup that was fundamentally corrupt, and that's why Dilma went down, because this happened on her watch, and she claimed she didn't know about it, but she had actually been the CEO of Petrobras when this was going on. Okay, so... Uh, you know, a lot of the corruption started when she was CEO of Petrobras, and, and it continued when she was, you know, just before her reelection. So, you have then, the way these companies came off money, they leave projects unfinished, uh, they don't pay their workers, and incredibly enough, so we're back to Haiti because they did it to, they did it to Haitians. Um, because Brazil was in bed with Bill Clinton in Haiti, and, uh, and you had construction companies from Brazil that were building roads and leaving them half finished, um, or construction companies in Brazil that were importing Haitians to work as slave laborers uh, in Brazil, to building hydroelectric dams, World Cup uh, stadiums, you know, Olympic stadiums, and, and so on. So this is now, at least in in Brazil, this is how you kind of raise money for elections. You get it ultimately from from money that is met for public works, or money that comes from taxpayers. Okay, um, now the in the U.S. Another, <laughs> I well with regard to Clinton, what I think uh, what I think has been a way to raise money has been this outfit called Laureate Education Incorporated. Okay. This is a for profit university that that is worldwide. It has a million students and eighty eight schools in twenty eight countries. And what if the way they operate is they buy schools that, that are going bankrupt, private schools that are going bankrupt, some of which have excellent reputations. And then once they get the schools and they get rid of essentially all the teaching staff. They raise the enrollment, sometimes multiplying it more than ten times, and and uh, and basically they have a shell of a school. It's not really a school, and they just they have students that are paying, paying really high tuition, uh, and they they become a diploma mill, and this is this is how they raise money. They also uh, build. Uh, campuses and branches of campuses and so there we have construction coming in again and laureate education make, made bill clinton its honorary chancellor in 2010 uh, and as honorary chancellor bill clinton got paid 16 million dollars million by laureate for a period of uh, four years Okay, uh, for just being honorary chancellor. And in addition, he got paid several million dollars for making speeches. Now, this is bad enough. And people think that this was, uh, you know, there was a kind of a tit for tat. And this was because Hillary Clinton was Secretary of State at the time and was making sure that Laureate got money from USAID. Actually, it wasn't Laureate proper. It was money from USAID to the outfit called International Youth Foundation, which turned out to be a charity uh, that's, that's supported by this guy called Doug Becker, who's the CEO of Laureate. You see, that's how it works. And then Laureate also got money uh, directly from the World Bank, um, IFC, and from the Korean Sovereign Wealth Fund because of because of the State Department uh, in, in uh, helping them out. So, so you can look at this and say, okay, there was a, a kind of a quid pro quo here and that somehow, you know, Clinton is skimming off the state department. But, but I think that it's worse than that. I think actually that there is a whole lot more money to be made from skimming off things like construction of campuses uh, and so on. Yes. And in fact, yeah, yes. yes.
0: Go ahead, daddy. Go ahead.
1: Yeah. And in fact, uh, Clinton, what Clinton has done is he has arranged for people from his former administration to be on the board of laureates. So in a way, it's sort of like a Clinton administration away from the, the U.S. administration. So he's honorary chancellor, but, um, but his former secretary of education is on the board. His former head of the U.S. Information Agency is on the laureate board and his former secretary of housing and development is on the laureate board you see and so this is sort of like this little money making machine that's been set up that can be called on at any time you know to to uh, to draw money for things like campaigns and, and so on
0: is it- now daddy what you're describing is um it, it, you know if we talk about we can call it a foundation we can call these charities we can use these terms right because you're you're describing uh these legal entities but if I was a police investigator or, or part of the fraud squad i and I'm looking at organized crime uh, the terms that i'm using are syndicate and so <laughs> so that that's much more accurate what we're looking at what you just described to me is a syndicate And a syndicate is made up of people. And to get entry into the syndicate, you have to show your allegiance to the leadership, whoever the crime family is. Uh, and you have to pay your dues. You have to sort of be in certain positions and get, you know, learn how the syndicate works and be trusted. And then you, you get awarded and given money just for being made. Once you're a made person, uh, within the syndicate, uh, then you get paid just to sort of occupy certain chairs, and you rotate, and they rotate them around and move them around to take care of different sort of projects. That's how organized crime works. I don't see any difference here.
1: Yeah, I agree. I agree. Yeah, I like I like your analogy. Yeah. Yes. That completely fits in.
0: And money laundering, uh, and money laundering, da- Daddy. Yes. This, what you're describing to me is is textbook money laundering. Yes, it is. So moving money, yes, moving money around, and using it for for certain things, uh, you know, that that not necessarily what what it might look like it was intended for when it first entered the syndicate.
1: Yes, it could be viewed as as money laundering and as a syndicate.
0: So but
1: I agree. Yeah. yeah, but go ahead. So <laughs> so, so this so and then we have Brazil again. You see, um. There are, so this, this outfit has 88 schools all over the world, and 12 out of those 88 schools in, are in Brazil. This is where the majority of these schools are. And the reason they're in Brazil is because Dilma Rousseff increased uh, the student loans seven times. So the way this works, so these are these little private schools. You see, this is a private school where you can go to college. But in Latin America, in places like Brazil, Costa Rica, Chile, and so on, um, people go to college after taking an admissions exam. And this, uh, the state universities are actually extremely prestigious. They are the most prestigious ones you can get into, you see. And so so people like Doug Becker and Simpson, they view, they view this as this huge market. You see, all the, the, the other people who cannot get into college because they don't qualify, and there is absolutely no reason why everybody should have to go to college anyway. A lot of people can get a job without having to go to college. But what they do, do you see, they go and they promise people that if, if you come to this for-profit university, we'll guarantee you a job at the end of it. And a lot of the time, the job that these people wind up with is a job We're recruiting more students for that university, so it's a kind of a Ponzi scheme on top of on top of everything else.
0: It sounds like a church, like a, like a you know, <laughs> I, I won't mention any specific cult churches, but you know who I mean. They've got shops on every main street, but um, that's kind of how they work. They become recruiters basically. Yeah, after yes. after they go yeah. through the course, they recruit basically. Yeah,
1: after they go after they go through the course. Very could make it growing these schools and this is, this is all they're qualified to do. You see? So this is the, this is what this Laureate education university is. And the reason I believe that, that Clinton has got away with this and that this is not uh, major news in the United States is because he is exploiting people from other parts of the world. He is exploiting, um, aspiring poor people from Latin America, from Asia. I mean, there are these schools are in Turkey, they are in Europe, but it's mostly poor people who go to these things thinking that, oh, if they get a college degree, they're going to get a job, you see. So he's able to get away with this. There are only a few of these schools in the United States, and they are actually, they behave themselves much better in the United States. They do elsewhere.
0: So the Trump no. uni- the Trump University that big scandal that's that's kind of minuscule in compared to the Laureate University system Trump, that the Clintons are it, involved with and it so maybe this is why they buried Trump University as a scandal cuz exactly. they don't want they don't want to put the spotlight on Laureate University
1: Trump University is Trump change compared to compared to Laureate University Yeah and and um and, and the Trump University is is getting sued. Um, Trump will probably have to appear in court in November about this. Um, and basically, their argument is that the reason they're getting attacked is because the Clintons are trying to get rid of the competition. Obama is trying to get rid of the competition for the Clintons, and they and I could be correct about this.
0: Well, this education, you know, this yeah. education market, Daddy, is this new private education market globally is a huge. Uh, money pit it's a gravy train that is giant and then you know to sit on these positions like uh you know honorary chancellor you don't even have to do anything you just show up make a few speeches you know maybe four days a year work and you get paid five mm-hmm. million ten million dollars a year sign your name on some documents or whatever and that's it and and so for for these political luminaries uh these are just awesome uh earning opportunities for them and, oh, for the, and for their staff.
1: Yes, and all the students, the, the whole thing runs on government student loans, you see. So ultimately, it's coming from taxpayers of these countries.
0: Mm-hmm. And putting people yeah. into debt, putting, putting young people into debt basically.
1: And putting young people into debt.
0: Well, you know about the American University uh, system very well um, that, that you've been involved mm-hmm. in. And, you know, one of the things that has driven up tuition prices in the United States has been the more readily access to easy student loans. So, and universities know this, as soon as they loosen up on the student loans and make those easier to get, they can raise tuition because they know that, uh, the student will just have to borrow ten grand more. And the same in England. Yeah. In the UK, they've done the same thing they're raising tuition prices but the, at the same time the press aren't reporting that student loans are becoming more freely available okay and this yeah. is one of the biggest profit centers actually for the u.s federal government is the profit they make on student loans and i think that's unethical and immoral to boot
1: oh it is it is the, the government's making billions of dollars of profit on student loans uh, it is horrible it is immoral um, Sanders has argued that, uh, well, he he would raise a tax on transactions, a small tax on transactions, and that's the way, um, you know, he would uh, he would just give people who want who want to go to college, or qualify for college, free tuition. And Clinton has basically just run with his with that message, except that he's not talking about a transactions tax at all. Uh, she's talking really about uh, taxes probably on the middle class uh, basically to continue uh, you know to, to uh, you know to give uh, to to give student loans and and so on uh, this is not uh, and and she's not really she's not really going to do anything about education and from what we know about uh, about Clinton's involvement with laureate I Laureate hasn't really penetrated the U.S. market yet, but I suspect that with the Clinton administration, it will. Mm-hmm. And we're going to see more of these for-profit universities in the United States, and and uh, you know, higher education is just going to become a joke.
0: So if if Hillary Clinton uh, becomes president in November, and I, I'm not siding on either of these candidates, and I've publicly made statements. Basically, deriding both of them. Um, I don't, mm-hmm. I don't think either of them are, uh, um, particularly great, uh, leaders or individuals, um, in terms of like what they're being sold as. But let's suppose Hillary Clinton, uh, wins, which she's a favorite to win. What sort of a business empire? If you look at how they've, like, like no other politician in history, the Clintons have capitalized on their political image, uh, and basically turned that into wealth. Uh, in the form of huge speaking fees. And so they haven't developed any products or they haven't, you know, invented anything. You know, they haven't uh, come up with any great ideas. They basically just use the brand that they've managed to create um, in the 90s and use that to leverage uh, and money and then create a vehicle, which is the Clinton Foundation, the Clinton Global Initiative uh, to is an access portal for people who wanted to get into the syndicate you know or want to get maybe something from the US government in terms of one of these contracts which you're talking about be it construction mm-hmm. or delivering aid by donating or getting involved at the Clinton Foundation it's almost like hey you know it' it, it, it this isn't like that different from some of the sort of you know way the way the church used to operate daddy where you know give a donation <laughs> to the church and then we'll we'll sort out your situation over there and Still that problem,
2: problem. yeah mm-hmm.
0: or, or yeah. Or join join the Mason Lodge, and we'll sort out this and or or you know donate the build a hospital in in this uh, third world despot uh, hellhole, mm-hmm. and then you know we'll we'll sort you out with some political favor over there. It's, it's no different.
1: Right? Yeah, yeah. You know, I think that part of the reason they don't want people to look too closely as, at Haiti is because Haiti is such a perfect example of what a Clinton administration would be. And, and I want people to keep in mind that we are heading toward a situation where we're going to have more, more climate change disasters. We're going to have more floods. We're going to have more hurricanes. Uh, if Clinton becomes president uh, and stays president for the next eight years, we can expect that there might be a major hurricane that causes a major disaster in the Gulf. For example, uh, and other kinds of disasters in the United States, and and in Haiti, we have a pretty good idea how the Clintons would would handle this, because what they did in what Clinton did in Haiti is that within two months of the of the earthquake, he forced the government to create this uh, to to well, to declare a state of emergency that would allow this organization he had formed called the Interim Haiti Recovery Commission, the IHRC, to run the country, okay? So by March 8th, he had the lower house voting on this, uh, and it was always, it was contentious, uh, MPs worked out, and, uh, And he had had the Senate vote on it. There had to be three Senate votes because first the Senate said no. Then there wasn't a quorum because people wouldn't participate. And then finally, and and, um, the rumor is that a couple of senators got bribed. Uh, Michelle Obama made a special trip to Haiti and the next day the Senate voted yes. Okay. Uh, And on... April, so the, the earthquake happened january twelfth, two thousand and ten. By April twenty first, two thousand and ten, the interim Haiti Recovering Commission was formed. And and I when I was writing about this as it happened, and the first article I wrote about this, I titled Bill Clinton's Dictatorship in Haiti, and it's in this article that I first used the term pay to play. And by pay-to-play, I, I meant that what Clinton had established in Haiti was an unelected government where participation was based on money invested. Because what he did was he set up this commission, which had 14 foreign organizations and a group of unknown foreigners, and then on the other side, you had seven Haitian representatives that had to be approved by the foreigners. But what was remarkable about this is that all the all the ones from the foreign organization had to contribute $100 million over two years. Okay, and there were 14 of them. So that is definitely... At a minimum, Clinton got 1.4 billion dollars out of that organization that he founded in in Haiti. Okay, but in fact, okay, um, what he eventually got was really 5.3 billion dollars over two years, and ultimately 9.9 billion dollars over over three years. So this. Um, in Haiti, we call this commission, um, we call this a coup d'état d'urgence, which is an emergency coup d'état. Everybody saw it as a coup d'état because it got the president of the country out of the picture. Uh, the head, the supposed co-chair was the prime minister with this guy called Jean-Max Berlis, who's a good buddy of the Clintons, uh, who was supposed to kind of run the Haitian part of the organization. Okay. but. Pay-to-play now is getting used a lot by, by the Trump people, and it's, and it's now being used to mean quid pro quo, which is not what I meant. What I, what I meant when I wrote it was, was something more fundamentally uh, crooked. It's basically a government that is run as basically a board where everybody puts money on the table and everybody expects to get a return. And I think... This is what Americans are going to get from, from Hillary Clinton.
0: Now, uh, Daddy, you've, you've, you've hit something really, really key here that I think I need to underline. And it, the, the, the research from, that's been done by the U.K. column, who I've also write for and have done broadcasting for in, in the U.K., they've been researching this uh, new thing which being, is being sold through these third sector organizations, through these quangos. They call it participatory democracy, so, but the only people who are allowed to participate are what they call stakeholders. In other words, the people who, uh, are, you know, th- their charities, the NGOs. So, this is the new, it's, so it's fundamentally what you're describing here is a changing of the relationship between the people, the governed, and government. And this is, in effect, a, a kind of a corporate takeover. With a little sort of facade of a charity or, or, an NGO on top, but really below that is a giant corporate slush fund that they can hand out to the people who are stakeholders. They call stakeholders. So you're only allowed yes. you're only invited to the table, daddy. If you've put the money in, right? Then exactly. you're allowed, then you're allowed into this new government structure. This is the future that I think is people like the Clintons are, are promoting along with many other uh, agents. Of uh, globalization as well.
1: Yeah, thank you for underlining this. This is exactly what I mean. This is exactly what Clinton had set up in Haiti. Uh, There was no democracy. Uh, The the people who were supposed to be on the Haitian side were not elected. They were simply approved by a bunch of rich people on, on the other side. This is, this is what I define as pay to play. It is not quid pro quo. Quid pro quo is a bastardization of it. It is a trivialization of it. Uh, and, and you cannot prove, uh, you know, despite the Clinton cash, yeah, you know, uh, you give, you give money to the foundation, you invite Clinton to give the speech, and then Hillary Clinton, lo and behold, makes a favorable decision. Uh, it doesn't mean anything. You cannot prove quid pro quo, you cannot prove that the reason Hillary Clinton made the favorable decision is because Clinton was invited to give a speech or money was given to the foundation. The only way you could catch Hillary Clinton something like that would be like if you videotaped her taking money from an undercover FBI agent uh, pretending he was a rich donor, okay? Uh, this, this cannot happen. All right. So this is this is not what pay to play means. It it is this kind of fundamentally corrupt, undemocratic government that the Clintons now advocate.
0: And, and uh, a good a good example of this. Is um, I'll give you another example. Alongside, what what would be the to- in your opinion, what's the total number uh, in terms of dollars that aid has that has been put into the sort of Haiti aid and recovery recovering fund? I've seen as high as thirteen billion, but is it much higher than this? What what's the what's the amount, the dollar amount so far for the earthquake so, recovery or the rebuilding of Haiti?
1: So the total amount that has come to the earthquake recovery, the estimate is fourteen billion dollars. Now, out of that nine point nine uh is thought to have gone through this interim Haiti recovery commission
0: okay, and then which and, and, is yeah, go ahead the Clinton outfit. And then USAID is a, a, another example. This is a, a, a U.S. government agency. I believe it's managed um, in part, at least, by this U.S. State Department, and it's meant to be an NGO that provides aid. And what what essentially USAID is, and I don't know what their amount that they were in charge of, but it was billions of dollars. And this was it's being, also billions of dollars. It was being run by the clinton's chief of staff cheryl mills funny enough so there's the syndicate again and so she would decide who gets the contracts so this is like a giant corporate slush fund imagine i have five i've got five billion dollars from the u.s government allocated for aid for haiti i give it to this agency USAID, run by the head of the clinton uh chief staff cheryl mills she decides uh, probably she doesn't decide. The Clintons tell her who gets the contracts. You have all these corporate players in there, uh, who are going to be awarded various construction contracts, engineering, uh, putting roads and so forth. They're not all U.S. companies either. Okay. And these are some charities, some NGOs, some for profits all mixed in there in this giant mm-hmm. corporate slush fund. So it's not aid for Haiti. What it is, it's corporate welfare and what, and free money for Uh, connected NGOs in the syndicate, connected charities and people who provide service so-called services, the reality is one one penny of the dollar, I'm not exaggerating, one cent out of the dollar is what goes on the ground for the Haitian people in terms of any kind of goods or services. The other 99 cents on the dollar gets absorbed up into this corporate welfare syndicate, uh, of cartel of stakeholder companies that are well-connected enough to get invited uh, for a seat at that table. That is the reality of foreign aid from the United States. It's, yeah,
1: absolutely. Yeah. I mean, USAID is supposed to have, got a, to have given out $1.5 billion in aid, like um, a little bit more than half of it in grants and, and the other part in contracts. And yeah, they all went to people who were close to the Clintons, as you might expect. And then, and they yeah. did things like uh, this company called Chemonics. Uh They built a soccer field, uh, you know, <laughs> and a an cultural center near cu- an area where you had a bunch of people in tents. A cultural okay? center.
0: A cultural center.
1: Yes, a soccer field. And how That's much? Did, right. How
0: much did the soccer field cost? Ten million.
1: Um. Well, no, actually, they didn't. Well, they got two hundred million. And generally what they do is they spend maybe 10% of it.
0: They spend as little as possible. And then you don't know
1: where the rest of it goes.
0: They spend as little as possible on the project and they pocket the rest. Okay. That's right. Yeah. It's as simple as that.
1: That's right. And there are other ones like CHF Cooperative Housing Foundation. And they got into Haiti and the first thing they did was they bought a mansion. They bought a fleet of new cars. And and they didn't know how to to reconstruct anything. You
0: you know, my favorite project was in Haiti was the, uh, I think it was the Zorangi Housing Expo. And uh, Bill Bill Clinton made a big press conference and announced we're inviting all these house design, eco house designers to come and bid for sustainable housing for the poor Haitian people. And they all built these prototypes in this sort of theme park they created.
1: They all all built all this totally weird.
0: Uh, housing, yes, and nobody, not one, not one of them, was built uh, or mass produced out of that whole high-profile announcement. Nothing happened with it. In fact, people moved into the little ex- expo theme park and just basically moved into those houses. Most, none of them have running water or electricity anyway. But they, they, they habitated. You know, they moved into them, and they're some of them were ridiculous.
1: Yeah. So, so Haiti just inaugurated a prison. Okay, that was donated basically by the U.S. State Department. Oh, very and nice. this, this prison is in an area called Folly Belté, which happens to be not that far from Caracol Industrial Park. Okay, this this is these are areas that used to be agricultural, and and of course, this is in the north of the country where there was no earthquake damage. All right. Um, areas where people, uh, where people grew beans and, and fished and, and, and so on. Um, and they built this uh, very, very modern prison facility. The only problem with that is that 70% of the Haitians in prison have never actually been charged or tried anyway. Okay? So what needs to be done is actually empty the existing prisons, not build more prisons. And people you know, look at this and say, well, this is absurd. Why are they building prisons when there are people in tents? It's not absurd when you think that it's not about need. It's about who gets the money. And who gets the money are the prison construction companies who are in with the Clintons. You see, it has nothing to If The Clintons had friends who built little houses for people who are in tents. Well, maybe maybe Haiti would get houses for people who are in tents. But that's not what it's about. It's not about helping Haitians. It's about giving money, giving U.S. money to U.S. concerns. And generally, uh, you know, uh, giving back favors. This is how it works.
0: And speaking of favors... um... There's Haiti is very wealthy in terms of, of gold. I'm going to play this, this audio clip uh, really quickly. Um, go ahead and roll audio clip number two, um, or the YouTube clip number two, Hesher. Uh, this is regards to Haiti. This is a a, a man who you, you probably know his name. Uh, he's protesting in Philadelphia outside um, one of the events, and he was speaking to a, a reporter there. Go ahead and roll this. Listen listen to this for a minute. A familiar name has just popped up in this news story. Go ahead.
2: No, it's more than true. The money is much more than six billion dollars. You see, after the earthquake, countries around the world um, donate billions of dollars. The amount was much larger than six billion dollars. And Bill Clinton was in charge of the money. And not only people around the world, but also American celebrities donate a lot of larger money to rebuild Haiti. And hundreds of homes were destroyed after the earthquake. And if you can believe, um, the people are still living under tents. That's unacceptable. And not only they, they held the money, they kept the money, but Haiti had enough resources for them to be uh, um, very comfortable. Haiti have oil, more oil than Venezuela. Nobody's talking about Haiti have gold. We have one of the largest gold mine in, in, in the Caribbean. So... And they let the world... Nobody is saying anything about our goals. Yeah. And who do you think is in charge of our goal right now? The contract. Yeah. Tony Radham, Hillary Clinton's brother. Wow. He's got a 26 years contract. And then also Haiti used to produce... We used to produce our own rice. We didn't have to buy rice um, overseas. Bill Clinton destroyed our rice so his brother can sell the rice from Arkansas. Yeah. Wow. So they're doing a lot of things. Right now, if there's... Um, a millionaire or a billionaire who wants to do business in Haiti, they cannot do anything unless they check with the Clintons. The Clintons are the ones who's running Haiti. Yeah. Wow. And we are living in the 21st century. We are the first black people who liberate ourselves from, from the French rule. We fought three empires: the British, the Spanish, the French. So it's impossible unacceptable for us to be occupied right now. They dropping disease in Haiti. They, they're stealing our money, they're stealing our resources, so we are out here, we are outraged for the crimes of the Clintons. Hillary Clinton have too much criminal records. She has no business running for president, especially for the news that came out in the email, find out that the, 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 the DMC made all, all, all these tricks in order to, to favor Hillary Clinton. They, they rigged the system. Yeah. But my question is, when it comes to Hillary Clinton's brother, how was he able to get that contract? How were the Clintons allowed to have such control of Haiti? It's a family affair. Bill Clinton, the United Nations, name him the chief guy who was in charge of rebuilding Haiti. And then while Hillary Clinton was the Secretary of State... So, it's a family thing. Chelsea Clinton, all the Clinton Foundation, they're just stealing money. And most of the money, I can tell you right now, I know they, they, they have a lot of speech for money around the world and for Wall Street. But most of the money they have right now is from Haiti, from the Haitians. And, let, and when they're letting the world know we are poor. Let me, let me give you one simple example. If you are super rich, and then I would go and tell the whole world that you are poor for years for decades and then everybody believes you're poor and then i would come out and steal your money and then you go and let everybody know i stole your money they're gonna think you crazy because everybody knows the world knows haiti is the poorest country when we are not we are rich haiti used to call the island island of pearl haiti is still rich so there are haitian lawyers haitian doctors everywhere who wants they are millionaires who wants to go and spend their money in haiti (laughs) But the United States government not only they stealing our resources, our money. They creating they create kidnapping. Now we are even afraid to go to Haiti. You cannot walk in the streets in Haiti. And then what okay. the Clintons? They-
0: okay. So so so, Daddy, uh, did you he hear that? He
1: is absolutely absolutely right on the nose. Yeah.
0: How did Tony? I Rodham, agree
1: with everything he said.
0: Tony Rodham is is got the gold contract for Haiti. Hillary's brother. Um, Hillary. Uh,
1: okay, actually, I I I was involved in this. Um, actually, what happened is at Christmas time in two thousand and twelve. That's tried to slip under the radar that the Haitian government had just granted mining concessions to two companies, and one of them was VCS Mining, where Hillary, uh, where Hillary Clinton's brother was was on the board, along with. Um, uh, what was now the former Haitian Prime Minister Jean-Max Belrive? Remember that was the co-chair with with uh, Bill Clinton mm-hmm. on the IHRC. So he was involved in this in this mining business too. And I caught wind of this, and I immediately put out the news. And when the Haitian Senate came back in session after the holidays, they invalidated the the, uh, the concessions because these concessions were granted without even an environmental impact assessment. Okay. You see but this is this is the kind of thing that they were they were trying to they were trying to get by and now they're trying to figure out a way uh, to to get their hands on on Haiti's gold and they are trying to rewrite Haitian law, rewrite the Haitian constitution you see because it, it is not so easy. according to the Haitian constitution uh, and and Haiti is being run by its, by its 1987 constitution, even though uh, it's an occupied country and and the occupation ignores it. But that constitution states very, very clearly that that mines and, uh, and the coasts are actually a commons. They are not for sale. Mm -hmm. Even though the government that, that, Clinton put in place the Michel Martelly dictatorship. uh, Started, you know, uh, trying to give away mining concessions and trying uh, and trying to sell the coast.
0: Well, that's a big problem. Illegal. That's a big problem for people like that because then they can't grab it or or steal it or or buy it for nothing Um, if it's if it belongs to the country if it's part of the commons. There's the main problem that the 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 corporate octopus wants to remove that concept. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah.
1: The problem that the IHRC ran into is that there was uh, there was a lot of Haiti that was part of this commons. And what they tried to do, they tried to inter- reinterpret it as, oh, those belong to the state, and therefore the state can sell it. You see?
0: Oh, I and see. And the
1: IHRC okay. actually granted itself the power to grant titles.
0: Oh, so Viceroy Viceroy Clinton is... Uh giving title so this the, the king yeah. the king, the king yeah that's right the king of yes. haiti
1: yes and and king. uh he and hillary clinton yes they basically behave like monarchs and and uh you know and they have their lords who are loyal to them and so on they, this is really the way they function wow and and
0: you know, I'm just—it's hitting me—it's hitting me right now—the reality of this—that that—that's that, that, what is happening. Although people might call it something else, or they might say, "Oh, that's not happening," but it's functioning exactly like a monarch would or a viceroy would in a colonial situation. No, absolutely, no different.
1: This is exactly how how he's functioning. There's yeah, there's there's nothing all that creative about what he's doing.
0: Mm. Listen, da- daddy, daddy, we're going to have to, we have to wrap up the segment, but you know, we could, we could go deeper into this. I'd like to maybe get you back uh, next week or, or something to, just to continue this conversation because this, this rabbit hole goes very deep indeed. Um, and I think there's, there's a lot more to be discovered here.
1: Okay, well, I think I will be away next week, but I could come back a week later.
0: Yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll be in touch behind the scenes anyway, but okay. um, I, I just want to say thank you for everything today. I mean, it's been very enlightening, and uh, I've learned a lot as well, things that I didn't know before, and I think there's a lot more to be discovered, but um, do you want to give a big shout to you know your, your website and uh, the work of your colleagues and so forth before you go?
1: Yes, yes. Uh, please check out... Uh, my book, We Have Dared to Be Free, uh, which is available on Amazon, uh, and the book of my colleague uh, Gilbert Mercier, which is titled The Orwellian Empire, also available on Amazon. Uh, I think you will, you, will, uh, you will learn a lot from both. Uh, and visit uh, NewsJunkiePost.com, where we regularly publish, as well as my site, which is daddycherry.org.
0: Yeah, we've got a link to News Junkie Post right on the show page right now, and that also gets you through to to those other things. Do check out the books, ladies and gentlemen, uh, as well. But, uh, Daddy, thank you so much again.
1: Well, thank you.
0: And uh, we'll be back in touch. There's much more to this story. Uh, I think it's just just beginning to open up, actually. Um, but uh, we've touched on some very big themes today. We're going to take a short commercial break, and we're going to connect our next guest from the Middle East live. Uh, Ava Bartlett is going to be joining us after this short break on ACR. I'm your host, Patrick Henningson. This is The Sunday Wire. We'll be right back after these messages. <laughs>